Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week we have an episode of Beyond Our Ken called Tender as the Night. It first aired February 21st, 1963. Your Majesty, my lords, ladies and gentlemen, a jousting tournament between Sir Loxley Belvedere and Sir Lancelot Knit. <laughs> Let the tournament commence! Yeah, it's a ninth time this week I've been tilted off me horse. And I've always managed to land on the same spot. Honestly, I'm getting fed up with it. That is an excerpt from Tender is the Night. <laughs> Another in our series, a film worth remembering, which is more than can be said for the next half hour. However, for the more tolerant listener, here is a sort of radio show which is beyond our ken. Among those taking part are Miss Animosity, <laughs> Lady Barbara Birdlover. She'd do anything for a lark. <laughs> to continue, Omar Cohen. <laughs> and of course, Mr. Kenneth Hall, the man of whom a famous impresario once said, Don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kenneth Hall. Welcome once again to Beyond Our Ken. Well, let me tell you some of the things that have happened since we last met. On Monday, I went down to Bisley for the Large Boar and Small Arms Championship, which I'm happy to say I won, being unanimously judged the biggest boar with the smallest arms. <laughs> Wednesday, I popped into the cinema to see a film called Success Came to Mrs. Ramfleet. <laughs> All-male cast, actually. Mrs. Uh... <laughs> Mrs. Ramfleet was only there by implication, by innuendo. It's a case of innuendo and out the other, I suppose. <laughs> However, on Thursday, I stayed at home and washed my hair. I gave it a... <laughs> gave it a shampoo. I couldn't get a real poo. <laughs> Afterwards, I set it with a new miracle spray marketed by Max Rubinley. And now I know their slogan is accurate when it says, it comes out a treat. <laughs> well, on Friday, I just got my head stuck into a good book. It's a good way of keeping your place if you've mislaid your bookmark. <laughs> when the doorbell went, it's a shocking neighborhood. It's the third time it's gone this month. <laughs> I went to answer the door and... Yes, what is it, Sonny? Uh, good morning, Mr. Horn. Oh, it's the local scoutmaster. Now, what can I do for you? You're not going to ask me to join again, I hope. Oh, no, no, nothing like that, Mr. Horn. <laughs> we are collecting jumbo for our scout hut. Oh, very commendable. It's not an easy job collecting jumbo, Mr. Horn, but, well, you've got a kind face. Yes, but I need that. <laughs> well, now, come in for a minute and we'll see if we can find anything. What sort of things do you want? Oh, uh, anything that's old and of no further use. <laughs> How about that suit you're wearing? Do you mind? <laughs> Look, you might be able to use some of my old knickknacks. Oh. <laughs> Just so long as you don't need them for dusters. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, come into the lounge, will you? Well, now, let me think what I've got that I don't want. So, why no? There is a gramophone, if it's oh. any good. It's rather ancient. Oh, one of those. 
I bet it's got an old horn attached. Yes, I was pretty fond of it. <laughs> Still, you're welcome. I might have a few books I could let you have over here in the bookcase. Ooh, this is interesting. The Scarlet Woman of Saffron Walden. <laughs> Lolita, Lady Chatter. I say, put my address book down. <laughs> is Jane Eyre any good to you? Uh, no, thanks. I've already got my eye on Brown Owl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brown Owl, eh? What does she think? <laughs> she doesn't give a hoot. <laughs> well, never mind. Be prepared and all that. Yes, he was. <laughs> Horn, that's a very lovely set of Dickens you have there. Yes, and very valuable to me, I'm afraid. Oh, pity. I'm sure we could do something with them. Well, it's a good idea, and I'm sure we could do something with them, too. What do you mean? Hang on, and you'll find out. In a new series of Sketches by Bock, we come up with a very freely adapted version of the Pickwick Papers as we present... Take your Pickwick. Or beyond our Dickensian. <laughs> well, first, let us meet that renowned gentleman who founded the Pickwick Club and then promptly lost it again, Mr. Samuel Pickwick. That's me, and it's quite ridiculous, really, to have cast me in this role. I mean, Mr. Pickwick was something of a comical character with a rather portly figure, very little hair, and my name is Pickwick. Now for the members of the club. Mr. Augustus Snodgrass, a gentleman of literary endeavour. To woo, to woo. The slightest provocation, I whip out my quill and pen a poem. Only this morning I wrote a masterpiece. Can we see it? Oh, yes, of course. It's on a wall in Rochester. <laughs> Next, a gentleman with quite a different leaning, Mr. Tracy Tupman, a man of great ardour, a man notorious with the ladies. I make no bones about it. I'm looking for someone to love. <laughs> Finally, Mr. Nathaniel Winkle, a sportsman of the highest calibre. Last weekend, I was out with the shoot and bagged two pheasants and a blonde. What you might call a brazen bit. <laughs> These, then, are the Pickwickians. And so to our story, the scene, a country road outside London. And along it comes a stagecoach. Ah, a beautiful day to be shod. Such fun riding on the roof of the coach. A glorious view of the sweeping countryside. Yes, I just love the rolling downs. So do I. It's the climbing up again that get me. <laughs> Look over there in the field. There's a group of farm workers. Hello there. Now do sit down, Pickwick. No standing on top, if you don't mind. And for goodness sake, stop waving your umbrella handle over your head like that. It makes us look like a trolley bus. <laughs> long before our time. I'm hungry. Are we nearly at the Bull Inn? Yes, just at the bottom of the hill. Now, hurry, please, coachman. Very good, sir. Gee up. That's the best crack in the show. Oh, 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 there. All right, gentlemen, down you come. Good day, gentlemen. Ah, the old Bull Inn, I presume? No, sir. He had to go to London. <laughs> We are weary travellers, good woman. Uh, we require food and drink. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, tis five past two. See, it happened even in those days. <laughs> Leave this to me. My good woman. I'm not your good woman. Well, we can soon alter that. 
What's your name, my beautiful pink-cheeked, golden-haired, dimple-chinned one? Agatha Clunchbucket. <laughs> what a lovely name. As soon as I set eyes on you, I said to myself, there's an Agatha Clunchbucket if ever I saw one. <laughs> now, my pretty one, could you not? In the goodness of your heart and the fullness of your... What about some grub? <laughs> Oh, well, then, all right, sirs. Come on in. Well done, Tuppen. A drink for all my fans. I'm cold. Well, come inside and we'll all toast you. I say, it is crowded in here today. No wonder. Look who's appearing in lunchtime cavalry. Upon my soul, said with surprise, tis Eileen Gurley. description it varies with company and climb depending where you are who you're with what you're doing at the time love is Bombay curry love is but not to worry love is too hot to hurry, love is. Love is a red hot candle. Love is a white hot scandal. Love is too hot to handle. Love is. Love is happy as a sand boy. Fit to beat the band boy. But as shy as hold my hand boy. Chapter 2, A Musical Evening at Dingley Dell, in which we encounter Dr. Wardle and his daughter Rachel, we hear something of Tracy Tupman's amorous adventures, we are treated to Snodgrass's lyrical endeavours, and we do a few terrible jokes as well. <laughs> to Dingley Dell, then. Uh, 
delightful, delightful, and a vote of thanks to the Arnica Duckworthy String Quartet. Not only for the pleasant music, but for providing their own string. <laughs> well, well. Uh, well, be quick. Uh, enjoying our little soiree. Splendid, Dr. Wardle. And the food as well, I hope. Indeed, I was just thinking it's more a soiree with a binge on top. <laughs> yes, I wish I hadn't asked. Now, uh, here comes my daughter, Rachel, and... What's that she's got on a silver tray? Your mail, Papa. Of course he is. How else could he be your Papa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Rachel, these are the Pickwickians. Uh, uh, my daughter. I don't think I've had the pleasure. <laughs> the night is still young. Uh. <laughs> Miss, uh, Mr. Tracy Tupperman at your service. And this is Augustus Snodgrass. Enchanted. Such beauty. In a moment I may sit on a lighted candle and wax poetical. <laughs> I am sure there are no ends to your talents. <laughs> and, Mr. Pickwick, of course, we have met before at a party, was it not? Yes, but only briefly. I spent most of the evening in the conservatory with Alice Fitzwarren. Forget whose party it was. Bob Sawyer. He shouldn't have been looking. <laughs> now, Miss Wardle, why don't you sing something for us? Sing? Oh, I couldn't. I haven't got a very good ear. Surely you don't sing with your ears. <laughs> <laughs> what a rare nit you are, Miss Wits. She was right the first time. <laughs> My dear Miss Wardle, come over here away from the others. Now perhaps I can voice my thoughts. Not on the BBC, you can't. <laughs> Come on, everyone. There's a lot more musical enjoyment for all. Uh, Mrs. Fastwater has managed to smuggle in her harp beneath her bustle. <laughs> a harp? So that's what it is. <laughs> I thought it was one of those things for slicing hard-boiled eggs. Also, also, I mention, we have a very talented young man with us this evening, and he is most anxious to meet you, Pickwickians. That is he, over there in the corner. Now, wait a minute, I recognize him. Snodgrass, Topman, quickly, let's all get out of here. Uh, what's the matter, Pickwick? You've gone absolutely white. What is it? Yes, Pickwick, I think we deserve some explanation for your leaving like this. The cherished traditions of our club are at stake. I will not have my precious Pickwick papers messed about with. Oh, what do you mean? Don't you realize who that young man is? No, who? It's Lionel Barts. And now here to do the Oliver Twist, the Fraser Hayes Ball. Love is just around the corner, and because they live a corner, love is just around the corner when I around you. I'm a sentimental mourner, and I couldn't be for longer. When you keep me on the corner, just waiting for you. Venus to Milo was noted for her charms, but strictly between us, you're cuter than Venus, and what's more, you've got Hey, love, it's just around that corner. 
So to the Kenneth Horn documentary feature, Hornorama. Yes, once again, Kenneth Horn and his team of investigators bring you a factual report on topics of immediate interest. And this week we present a close-up on transport. Is it going downhill? Now, first of all, let's have a word with this gentleman. Are you a, a motorist, sir? Oh, yes, most certainly. Of course, the traffic situation is fast, approaching desperation point in several places. Yes, now, what, uh, what sort of a car do you have? Uh, I am the proud possessor of a Stanley Birkinshaw Special. <laughs> a super little sports model with disc brakes, synchro mesh, four-speed gearbox, instant acceleration, independent suspension, shock absorbers, and lots of special gadgets to suit my requirements exclusively. <laughs> Special gadgets, such as? Ah, uh, such as, well, sir, I am the sole possessor of a sports car with windscreen wipers on the inside. <laughs> Very practical, I'm sure. Now we're privileged to meet a remarkable old gentleman. How do you do, sir? I'm doing all right at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir, too. Now, sir. I believe you've always been associated with transport in some way or another. That, yeah, that's very true, yes. At uh, one time, many years ago, I used to be a taxi driver, but I turned it in. Oh, what was that? Well, I couldn't stand people talking behind my back. <laughs> what, uh, what did you turn to? I fulfilled a lifelong ambition and became an engine driver. Oh, I started in a small way on a miniature railway. Way and worked me way up to the big train. And you were happy so, with the railway? Oh, yes. Oh, I loved it. Oh, no. I really loved it. Oh, puffing away. Oh, the coal blazing, a whistle blowing, and a tender behind. Was exciting. Have you any unusual experiences you can tell oh, us about? Oh, it's funny you should mention that, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, the most recent was a few weeks ago, sir. It was all a big mistake. I got shunted into a siding, you see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And we was there for a fortnight before we managed to get out. Missing for a fortnight? Yes. Eh? yes well, there must have been trouble with the British Railways when you got back. Oh, no. They just thought we was running late. <laughs> Of the many forms of transport, there's no doubt that in this modern day and age, flying has become as routine as rail or road travel. 
But let's always spare a thought for those who have yet to make their first flights. Hello, Rotten. Hello, Charles. I wish you'd never talk me into this holiday. Now we're actually in the plane. I'm petrified. Oh, Rodney, don't be silly. There's oh, nothing to worry about. It's all right for you. You've flown before. No, 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 no. no. Be honest, Rodikins. You didn't even know we'd taken off, did you? Didn't I? <laughs> oh, my tummy felt it all right. And another thing, my ears gone all funny. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, have a boiled sweet. Oh, thanks. Which ear do I put it in? <laughs> You are absolutely impossible. Well, look at me, uh, shaking up a leaf. Uh, supposing, supposing the pilot makes a mistake and we all land. We all land. We are off again, aren't we? <laughs> all right, do try and get hold of yourself. These pilots are the most experienced, well-trained men in the world. Attention, please. Attention, please. What's happened? Nothing, 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 silly. It's the usual procedure. The pilot himself is going to have a word with us. He's not going to leave the wheel? <laughs> Be a good Roddy and just sit tight and listen to his friendly, comforting and confident work. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here is your pilot. Good evening. <laughs> Finally, we turn to our panel of experts in Hornorama who are waiting to discuss a random question on this week's topic. Top of the table, the weirdie with the beardie, Rife Hobbitson. Good evening. On the brush, on the brush, on the brush, on the brush, on the well, uh, what does all that mean? Nothing. I'm just clearing my throat. <laughs> Next, a truly dynamic personality, if I ever saw one. Which I haven't. <laughs> so he isn't. <laughs> Recording star, Ricky Libby. Hello, Annette. <laughs> I'm happy that the kids seem to like the flip side of my latest. Nick a negative for Nelly. Now, <laughs> ah, once again, here she is, the broth of a girl, Fanny Haddock. Hello there. <laughs> and to all those of you who suffer from indigestion, may I just say one word? Granted. <laughs> Lastly, our farming friend with the harrowing experiences, Arthur Fallowfield. Well, you know, the other evening I popped into our local institute and it happened to be ladies' night. <laughs> well, I must say, I never had so much fun without laughing. <laughs> I don't mind telling you. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> so to this week's question on transport, which comes from... Uh, Basil Burtington Bore. Ah, now, wait a minute. Yes, yes, yes. Aren't you from the family of racing drivers who are always having accidents? Is that right? Yes, I'm one of the crashing boys. Oh, I see. <laughs> And I should like to ask the team whether they can suggest any way of solving Britain's traffic problems. Solving it. Thank you, sir, very much indeed. All right, Rife Hobbitson. Well, I don't know, really. I mean, one has one's own personal ways of beating the traffic jams. For instance, I always go through the towns to avoid the bypasses. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm sure the Minister of Transport realises the importance of being earnest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I 
do too. Ricky Livid, uh, what do you mean? Well, mate, that's my real name, you know. Ernest. Uh, Ernie Sludgeworthy. <laughs> of course, I wouldn't have got nowhere in the hit parade with a name like that, so my recording company suggested a few names for me. Yes, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I mean, still, eventually, like, we got around to Ricky Livid. Of course, I still talk like Ernie Sludgeworthy, but I sing like Ricky Livid. Yes. <laughs> All very interesting. But what about the traffic problem? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I can't help you there very much because I'm going to be adding to it shortly myself to <laughs> learning to drive and all that jazz. Oh. <laughs> well, how do you like driving? Oh, well, some of it I don't dig like, but all that gear changing and giving signals and that, but on the other hand, some of it is going to be all right. Such as? Well, I like the backing. <laughs> Now then, Fanny Haddock. Well, Johnny and I travel about quite a bit, giving demonstrations and that sort of thing, and we have found the answer. Oh, yes, indeed, we have found the answer. A tandem bicycle. Oh, yes, it's just the thing. Of course, it does have its disadvantages. We were taking food with us the other day, and the back wheel suddenly buckled. Oh, my dear, my fault entirely. My dumplings were too heavy. <laughs> All right, let's hear from you, Arthur Fallow. Well, I think the answer lies in the soil. Uh, go underground. That's the only way. Never mind your flyovers and your roundabouts and switchbacks. Get underground. I mean, moles do it. Voles do it. Even wiggly worms in their holes. <laughs> So let's do it. Let's go underground. I mean, let's have big tunnels, long, dark tunnels. And when I get in there... Yes, thank I... you. <laughs> well, we've reached the end of the road for this week. This is Kenneth Horne saying goodbye for now and leaving you with this thought from a listener in Godalming. Is ingenuity an annual payment to a red engine? Cheerio. <laughs> listening to What Have Just Missed, Beyond Our Ken, a sort of recorded radio show in which you heard Kenneth Horne, not to mention Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, Bill Pertwee, the Fraser Hayes Four, Eileen Gourlay, and the BBC Variety Orchestra, conducted by Paul Finlay. Eric Merriman wrote the script, and the show is produced by John Simmons. <laughs> Beyond Our Ken, which aired 1958 to 1964, was a British radio comedy program and the predecessor to the wildly popular Round the Horn program, which aired from 1965 to 1968. Both programs starred Kenneth Horn, Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee, with announcer Douglas Smith. Musical accompaniment was provided by the BBC Review Orchestra. The name is a pun on Kenneth Horn's name and the English word Ken, meaning knowledge or perception. Eric Merriman, the writer of Beyond Our Ken, became much in demand for television work and decided to end writing for the program. Because of the show's huge success, the BBC was determined that the comedy series be continued. The show's name had to be changed because Eric Merriman had given Beyond Our Ken its original title. Barry Took returned together with Marty Feldman to write a new series with the same cast which became Round the Horn, one of the most popular and influential shows of its day, despite having a shorter run. Without Beyond Our Ken, Round the Horn would not have existed.
Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.